0: Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we share stories on how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hello and welcome to episode 29, From Anxiety to Joy. Today, we're speaking with Erin, owner of Erin Mack, LLC, a coaching and education company. She's a thought leader, an in-demand speaker, and an international teacher that helps people create immense joy so they can have a calm peace of mind and meaning in their life. Now, Erin has had an anxiety disorder that had her held up in her house for nearly a year. Through that experience, she learned how and why that happened and developed strategies to overcoming and preventing it, which she now teaches. Erin vowed that when she found solutions to overcoming and preventing anxiety, she would do whatever she could to make sure that no one has that experience. So that has been her mission. Erin spent a decade studying the mind-body connection, visualizations, and ways to still the mind over the decade she has created simple strategies to overcoming and preventing anxiety, worry, and overwhelm so that all her clients live a life intentionally in joy. I'm so excited about this episode with Erin. She shares life-changing golden nuggets on how to overcome anxiety and bring more joy into your life. And let's get into today's episode. hi welcome to the infinite love podcast and today we are talking to erin thank you so much for being on the show today erin
1: thanks for having me i'm excited to be here
0: (laughs) so i love to start out the show with talking about what your love lesson is what is the what's the story of who you are and what you've gone through to become for you to become the person that you are today
1: um, it's a little long, so I'll try to shorten it so that we don't take up all the time, but, um, it's sort of started with, um, an anxiety disorder that I created out of uh, talk therapy that I was actually going to, um, as couples counseling. <laughs> so we went, to uh, my ex-boyfriend and I had, um, decided that we couldn't figure out why we were having such a hard time being together. So we thought we'd get some professional help. And in our first session together, I had a panic attack in the, um, meeting. And I had never had one before. So I didn't know what it was. And the um, counselor picked up on it right away. And she was like, Oh, yeah, you're having a panic attack. And I was like, Oh, I don't know what that is. So she explained it all and how, you know, we're onions and layered and all that sort of thing. And um, asked if I wanted to do some individual counseling, too, because obviously, something was coming up. And did I want to investigate that? And I agreed. And through that process, what ended up happening was that my life became narrower and narrower to the point where I hold myself up in my um, home for nearly a year because um, I started having panic attacks all the time. First, you know, it was every once in a while and then it was, you know, when I was running. So then I stopped running and then started having them a lot while I was teaching. I used to teach uh, special ed high school kids and um, I was so afraid I was going to have a panic attack and, um, you know, pass out in front of my kids and I just couldn't do that. So then I stopped working and. And then it just got narrower and narrower, and then there was less and less things I was willing to leave the house for. And then I was basically trapped in my house by my anxiety. And um, after about, you know, eight months of all of that going on, uh, my counselor referred me to a homeopathic psychiatrist. And she was able to give me a remedy that within after a three hour interview, um, 20 minutes later i walked out of her office um, with nearly no anxiety and i thought wow now i gotta have a life you know because i had thought all those months that you know this may be my life i may not be able to have kids and do all the things i wanted to do or you know and um i realized that um, i could start dreaming again and then i could have a life and so I decided because of that experience that I was gonna have a simpler life. So I chose to move to Hawaii thinking, oh, it's a simpler life there. Unfortunately, (laughs) I was still there, so there was that part. And while I'll say that, um, first of all, I have nothing against talk therapy, as long as it's, you know, managed in a way that um, uh, the person who's doing it understands how the brain works and that, you know, pulling up trauma over and over again is an experience that your body's having every single time you talk about it. And, um, and that's how that rolled into an anxiety disorder. And secondly, I'll say that while I got the chemistry part figured out through the psychiatrist, the mental part, which was the next decade of my life, trying to figure out like why I was creating stress, anxiety, overwhelm, worry all the time. Um, that was the longer process than just going to a counselor and such. And so I moved to Hawaii thinking I'd have a simpler life, immediately started a business that took off gangbusters. And about 10 years into that business, um, I had a little awakening. Um, I a client called and I um, and was upset. And so I said, oh, I'll be right over to fix it. And I was so manic about, you know, uh, defending my integrity that I raced over to my friend's house to drop my daughter off. And I backed into her drive, like raced into her driveway, backed in and sideswiped my car and her husband's truck. And, um, like totaled my, the whole side of my car and he, and his truck was fine. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, but I gotta go. So I left, I came back. And uh, when I got back, my friend said, I need to talk to you about something. Um, My husband was under his truck when you hit it and he thought it was going to land on him. And it just, it just startled me to the point where I was like, wow, like, this is my life. Like, I'm so beholden to um, these circumstances, you know, my clients, my staff, um, other people. And I just didn't want to live like that anymore. So I began the work of, you know, going through, going to seminars starting to read uh, self-development books on like every subject. And, and I started to realize there was more to this life than this ever increasing need to make more money, be more successful, have more things. Um, So I, so I began that journey and I thought I really was doing well. And then I found myself in another divorce and through that process, it leveled me and all that, you know, years of seminars and self-help books, I literally had no strategies. I was like, I, I know there's a different life out here. I want to have that life. I just don't know how to get it. So I had this crazy thing happen. I started reading this book called, um, A Course in Miracles. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I couldn't tell you what it's about, but I'll tell you what my experience
0: was.
1: (laughs) So it's 365 passages. It's meant to be done one passage per day for a year. And I started out and I was literally just like, I don't get it. I'm not into it. I'm not sure what's going on, but I'll just keep doing it. Month one, that was my experience. Month two, I started reading the book and all of a sudden these words start popping up off the page, same words joy. The answer is joy. The path is joy. And I was like, Whoa, you know, like this is weird. And every morning open up the passage, new passage, joy popping out. And I was finally, after a month, I was like, okay, I get it. (laughs) I got the message, but how do I get to joy? And as it turns out, um, I had met this gentleman through the seminar company that I was heavily involved with. And, um, he was having a seminar and I was, I didn't even look at what it was about. It didn't matter. I knew it was going to be positive. So I signed up for it and I went and it turned out it was a day long um, seminar on the visualization process that he teaches. And I was so inspired by it that I came home and I started using it and I called up my broker who had had my business for sale for about nine months and was talking to me about changing the price because there was no interest. I just called him up and I said, Hey, listen, um, I just want to let you know, my business is going to go into a bidding war by the end of the month, it'll be sold. And he was like, "What? (laughs) well, we'd all like to think. And I was like, Oh no, that's happening. Um, and then I met the love of my life just in these random circumstances. And then I went, I got another email, um, from the gentleman that I took the seminar from asking if I wanted to train to teach the seminar that he teaches. So I went and trained And I came back and I put on my first seminar and within five minutes of standing in front of the first group of people I was teaching, everything like culminated at that moment, like every experience, everything I'd ever read, every seminar I'd ever attended. I ditched my notes and I just ran with this seminar and um, I went, wow, like this is my purpose. I'm supposed to show people how to find their joy cultivate it daily and live the life they've always wanted.
0: That was, I feel like you, your story pretty much summarized the podcast because essentially, (laughs) essentially that's what I, the purpose of this podcast is to show people that all the pain that they've gone through in their life has a higher purpose and you and your story totally demonstrates that like your anxiety and all the pain and all the struggles and all the things that you that was happening for you it wasn't happening to you it was happening for you and you were able to then take all of those experiences and then turn them into something positive that now you're helping other people find joy in their life so that's beautiful
1: yeah oh thanks yeah absolutely I 100 percent believe that we are here for spiritual growth. Mm. You can call it self-development. You can call it all kinds of things. But the reality is, is these challenges that are in your life are on purpose. The universe is exquisite in its design. It is showing you where growth is to happen. It's not about suffering. That's not really the thing. It's really using your emotions to signal where the growth can take place and then allowing yourself to be in that growth period uh, versus trying to force it to be something else. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And even in within the struggle, like the suffering, there's also the silver lining in those moments as well. They're also the moments of there. These are opportunities for us to look at different aspects of our personality, different aspects of Where that where we can grow and where we can move forward and I think most people find it challenging and difficult. Because when we are in those dark moments you totally feel alone and you feel like nobody can understand or help you, which is why it's so important to have that support around you. Or your connection to the divine God or having something that can anchor you to know that there is a light. At the end of this experience, it doesn't, it's not gonna stay dark and heavy. And I think that's the message too, just also to infuse that joy and love in those moments where you feel totally helpless and alone.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, with, I have a kiddo. She's, as I mentioned before, she's um, in middle school. And, um, you know, I've been uh, teaching, of course, because <laughs> we're all stuck at home. Um, but i'm learning a lot you know i learned about some things in science that just blew my mind right that energy never can be destroyed so if that's true you know a lot of people when they have you know uh family members pass or friends pass they still like oh i feel their energy or whatever those things are like that energy still exists and we can tap into that so we know that we're not alone because it doesn't go it doesn't be it's not destroyed can't get destroyed Science says you cannot destroy energy, so that energy of you know, the, especially the ones that you connected with and you love, they're there and they're serving you. Just tap into that and know you're not alone because um, there's just there's so much and nature too. I think nature is so huge. It's just you know when you're feeling lonely or you're feeling like alone in whatever the process you're going through is. I never leave walking in nature going, gosh, I wish I hadn't done that. That was a waste of time, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's a, and I'm always like, I feel like I had the opposite reaction. I'm like, why don't I do this more? <laughs> yeah. Like, why don't I make enough time to be in nature or X, Y, and Z? Like, Well, that's
1: my hugest talking point these days. So we have 24 hours in a day, right? Eight of it, hopefully we spend sleeping or around eight, right? that only leaves 16 left, right? So it's like eight of it's supposed to be working and then the other eight you're supposed to cram the rest of your life into those eight hours. I think that's wrong. I think it needs to be more balanced than that. I think that if we can get intentional about work in a way that not only is fulfilling us, has meaning and purpose for us and, Also, you know, we're helping serving others, which is a huge human need. Um, And we are, you know, intentional about our focus. We can do the same amount of work in less time and then spread the rest of our lives, which is like spending time with people we love and doing activities that bring us joy, like hiking and being out in nature, or I like to play tennis, you know. Those sorts of things, like I think we can balance it better. I think this idea of eight hours of working is um, sort of archaic, and it doesn't make sense as a holistic human, you know, trying to be its potential.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's um, it's hard to create that space within you. And I also feel like we are blessed because we have found our joy through our work and our work is pretty much our mission and we you know I, I can speak for myself i i totally love what i do and i could do this all day every day and it's, it doesn't feel like work at all it only feels like work when i have to do admin and things along. The
1: way. <laughs> right,
0: right. Yeah. but if i literally if, if i had an assistant doing all the admin work i literally wouldn't feel like i was working i'd be like this is like i'm just talking to people and sharing and i get paid oh, for it sense. it's such a blessing yeah. you know but then it's the I people agree. that don't like what they do you know they have anxiety when they go to work they feel unfulfilled and i feel like that's a difficult place to be like doing something that you just are like i'm just going to work i'm meaningless i'm just one of the many people in this corporation my presence doesn't matter you know that's that's challenging to find a way to bring joy and into those moments. Do you work with clients that, like, how do you work with clients to infuse joy in situations that are, in most cases, can't change? They have to do this because they have to support their family or they're in a situation that isn't changeable in that moment, but they can infuse joy in it. And how do do you share those pieces of, of information to your clients or the people you work with?
1: Well, first I like to explain that, um, you know, the difference between happiness and joy, which is happiness is based on an external event. So it's like, Oh, I got a new car. I'm happy about that, but it's fleeting. Right. So the new car, the new car smell lasts for, you know, month, whatever, a couple of months, and then it's just a car. Right. And so that's, that's the happiness experience that a lot of people, if you ask most people, they'd say, what do you want? They would say, Oh, I want to be happy. And it's like, well, happiness is based on something outside of ourselves. Joy is based on internal experience. And so that internal experience is getting to the place where you think that the car is going to bring you, right? So we only want the things because we think how we're going to feel when we have them. Like, I'm going to feel really good when I have that Tesla. I'm going to feel really good when I have that house. I feel really good when I have that relationship. I want you to feel really good now, regardless of what it looks like. And that's what joy is. It's being able to create an internal experience that is unpenetrable by anybody or anything. It's you being solid and neutral and grounded in you and aligned in who you are and what you're doing um, all the time. And how I get to teaching people about, well, I'll tell you where I found my joy. I found my joy through that visualization process because what I teach clients to do is I want you to write out and all your listeners write out um, a day in the life of everything you ever wanted. Like every detail, include all the senses, smell, sight, taste, touch, whatever the last one is hearing. (laughs) And, um, included in there for the purpose of getting to that higher emotional experience while you are visualizing in quiet for about five minutes a day and you are in the picture you're not the camera so you going through from moment of waking up to like oh my gosh so grateful I had a you know full night's sleep so excited by my life all the things are amazing right and And I literally, when I'm doing my visualization, I'm like raising my arms. I'm like, yes, that's happening. And then that's happening. And right. Because if it's a day in the life of everything you ever wanted, that's pretty exciting. And what a great place to start your day. And so I start there because when we imagine what it is that we want, then we get into that space of the higher vibrational emotions, right? Love and gratitude. And that's where receivership comes as well. But even before that, it's just like, oh my gosh, like I can be in that place where everything I ever wanted, including deep, meaningful relationships, all the things. And so you start there with your day. And then I teach other strategies on how to cultivate that so that say something doesn't go the way you'd like it, then you um, use a different strategy um, and or a different perception about the
0: event. I love that it's, um, yeah. I also, I also teach my clients to do something similar. And I add to that by infusing that love energy, because the love being that higher, the highest frequency really can tap into something for yourself, but also for others, like bringing that energy up and out and having that be the compass in which you lead your life and lead your lead, whatever you're manifesting To come to you because you're putting out all this love and gratitude and compassion that comes along with being in the state of love, not just being in love, but being the state of in loveness with yourself and with life and creating that for yourself, which it sounds beautiful, but takes a certain level of working commitment to yourself and to, um, what that, what, what love looks like for you. I think everyone has a different way of, um, thinking about love but yeah
1: definitely definitely yeah I agree that's beautiful yeah I think that um you know and I like that you said not in love right because in love is kind of a that's really more of a chemical reaction than it is right. a you know a being of love you know right I have the saying on my refrigerator um you know may all beings be loved and may all, you know, may I show all the love that I have and um, because that's why we're here and that's what we're meant to do. And that, that really is why we're here. We've sort of lost track of it a little bit, but you know, people like you and I that are doing this kind of work mm. um, we're here to remind you. And if somebody's <laughs> listening to this podcast, they're obviously here to hear that. Right. Cause that's, that's obviously the message here.
0: It's interesting because I totally hundred percent agree with you that we are here to love and to be beings of love but then everything in our life brings us away from that like you know i had an abusive childhood i had all these things happen to me and it brought me so far away from love that i had to really crawl myself back to that state of love and to understand that all those things were happening to me to deepen my love because i also you know if you haven't gone through much you know, not if you. I mean, everyone has gone through something. And it's that emotional depth that you go that you have when you go through something like the fact that you had all this anxiety. Now, when you meet someone with anxiety disorder, your compassion is a million times fold more compassionate than it would be for someone like me that hasn't had I've had anxiety, but hasn't been an I mean, I'm more of the depressive type.
1: So Mm -hmm. depression, I
0: get anxiety a little bit. So you know what I mean, I feel like whatever you've gone through, there are people in the world that need what you've gone through. There's billions of people in the world. So we all have our tribe of people that will resonate with whatever we have gone through and overcome to help those people that need that support. And and everyone has a different story of what they've gone through and there's going to be somebody that's going to need that medicine that only you have kind of thing.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think that, you know, talking about, uh, you know, being entrepreneurs and that sort of thing. Um, you know, sometimes in the marketing, we get caught up in this, like, Oh, I want to serve more people, but I realize, um, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years and, um, my other businesses were very different. Um, some of them were product-based, some of them were service-based but they were more, you know, obvious. Like I need a, you know, it was a house cleaning and property management business. So I either need something cleaned or I don't. And I either need, you know, somebody to help my property or I don't. Right. Um, coaching is significantly different in that, um, until you really get a handle on, you know, who you are servicing, like your avatar or whatever you want to call it. Um, it the messaging can get so kind of convoluted, right? It can sound the same as everybody else's. And um and then when you get to talking to people, you realize, oh, their experience is this and my experience is separate. And and like you said, there is no um oftentimes marketing will have you think, oh, you know, you want to go after the masses, but the reality is is you don't. You're only going to attract, you know, like only some people will be attracted to this podcast, to working with you, to working with me because of the words that we use, our beingness, you know, um, and, you know, obviously we don't want 100% of the market share because that would be too crazy, (laughs) right? We just need our, you know, our people that can hear from us. And that's one of the things, you know, that gentleman I trained under, I just thought it was so fascinating because he trained a bunch of us and he was non-proprietary. He was just like, this is not, this is not the kind of thing that I need to corner the market on because you go out and reach the people that you can reach Mm -hmm. because I can't reach those people, you know? And that's the truth. It's like, who can you reach? Sometimes, you know, other people aren't called, like we are to help people in this capacity, but, um, you know, they're just called to, you know, be a strong family member that people come to and, you know, feel good around or whatever. And, um, and that's a calling too. Um, and so, you know, getting back to that thing about like, how do you create joy, like, because it's an internal experience that you create, it can be created in any situation. You know, I mean, like, literally, like people who I mean, I think about people like Nelson Mandela, or, Mm. you know, people that have been in jail for long periods of time, you know, that were, um, you know, accused incorrectly. Um, You know, I've heard of stories, you know, where they've, uh, just like a simple one, this guy, like, in his mind, played golf over and over again, like every hole of the club that he always played at. And when he got out, he shot like this incredible golf score <laughs> after decade or more being in jail. And and that's how powerful the mind is. Like you can go to other places. And I recommend that you do. <laughs> because as you said, there's a whole lot of resistance here to this line of thinking, right? To this you know, coming into love, coming into gratitude, you know, living our best life, having work-life balance, all those things, tons of resistance to this, you know, norm that we've sort of bought into and that I'm hoping to help people recognize is not a good fit for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I think mostly, which I can relate to, is that most of us get stuck in our pain and our past hurts and that becomes the story of our lives because it's like how could i think about something positively happening to me when all this negativity has happened and the mind is so tricky because the mind is like a total vault of all the things bad that has that has happened to you the <laughs> one right. guy like for instance if a guy te- doesn't text me back I'm trying to date, he doesn't text me back. All of a sudden, my mind is gonna tell me every single man that's ever rejected me. And and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm done. I'm done dating forever. Because I have all this backstory to affirm this negative belief. And it takes so much willpower to then see this opportunity as like, okay, nope, he didn't text me back. That is God protecting me. This person wasn't meant for me and then we move on to something else. But that switch in your mindset of looking at the positive in a negative situation, that I feel like that's where the work is. Because you really have to retrain your mind because we are brought up, essentially, I feel like we're brought up to be pretty negative. We see negative news, it's affirming all the time, the negativity, negativity. And I know my family was pretty negative. The glass was always empty. Like there was not a lot of positive reinforcement so it took me many many years to start to see the glass as half full and i had to constantly make that choice like i want to live in joy i want to live in positivity so if this negative thing happened how could i see the positive positive? and i had to start switching playing with my mind and i still and i still do like till till you know something bad will happen and i'll be like okay where's the positivity in this moment like I, it's constant work because if not I mean, I'm a total depresso, so I can go down the rabbit hole of poor me victimhood. And so I always have to make that conscious choice. Nope, not going down that hole. Nope, nope, I'm going to stay positive. Nope, I'm going to stay in love. You know, so it's like a, it's a choice. It's really a choice that you have to be committed to and you have to work on every moment of every day when you're feeling these negativity, those, these negative things are happening. You always have to be vigilant.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, it, so I always say change happens um, in three steps. One is awareness, right? And that's often not hard because you're usually in crisis, right? You're like, oh, this sucks. I never want to do this again. Um, or I'm sick of it, you know? Um, but then there's the deeper awareness where we begin to listen to our brain and hear what are some what's the dialogue that's going on in there. The second piece is, you know, creating strategies around how do I, like you were talking about, switch to the positive, when um, I'm going down the rabbit hole of whatever that is for you Um, and using things that work and help um, and being vigilant about it. And the third, speaking of vigilance is the practice of the new way of being. And that is the hardest part, right? You think the awareness is hard, but once you start to get aware of yourself and what's happening in your brain, that becomes easier and easier. It's the practicing of the new way. Cause we've been practicing this other way for so long, you know, it's just ingrained and there's a whole, like, you know, it's that mind body thing going on, right. It's like, I'm going to think these thoughts and I'm going to release these chemicals. Those chemicals are going to support that thought, you know, and, um, you can literally change a thought and change the chemistry like that. I mean, like instantaneously, Mm. Um, but it requires the vigilance of, but I'll tell you and your audience that if you stay on that path and you keep practicing the new way, it becomes the norm. But it takes time. You can't go to the gym and like work out one time and all of a sudden you're buff. Like you got to put in the work and that, you know, for me, the work is, recognizing that things like emotions are leading to beliefs, right? Those are beliefs that are being poked. And when they're being poked, that's how we're seeing this world. That's our lens or the filter that we've created based on um, past experiences and knowing that my filter and lens is different than yours because I had different experiences that led to my filters. And so knowing that we can all give each other a wide berth and recognize that, you know, when that person looks like they're in pain and or acting out or being some way that you're not interested in, that's them having their beliefs poked. And I don't have to be involved in that right. any longer. Right. And so yeah. I get to like, just sit in my own stuff. And every time I have a reaction to somebody or something, I go, Oh, okay. It's returned to sender. It's like, Oh, that person is being rude. Where am I being rude? Mm -hmm. Oh, that person is being selfish. Where am I being selfish? Right. Not in a judging, uh, blaming way at all. And in an empowering way, right. It's like, Oh my gosh, I get to look at me and I can do something about me. I can do nothing about anybody else or circumstances, but I can do something about me and I can change that experience by looking at my emotions and going, oh, that doesn't feel good. Why doesn't it feel good? Let me sit in that for a minute and figure out where have I felt that before? Where is it located in my body? Is it in my throat? Maybe I don't feel like I have a voice. Maybe it's in my heart. Maybe there's some heartache there. Maybe it's in my gut, my solar plexus. Where does that live and why is it there? And get so curious about what are these emotions? Like, why are they here? What is it trying to tell me, you know, instead of like being the emotion, get separate from it. Right. And I was going to say one other thing, you know, um, prior to doing the um, visualization with clients, that whole day in the life thing, I always start with clients and I just say, tell me your story. And of course they tell me all the like rainbows and sunshine. And <laughs> now they tell me all the, the, you know, all the this yucky stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they're done, I would say, I say, is that it? Is that everything? And they say, yeah. And I said, you don't get to tell that story anymore. And the reason that I do that is not to be disrespectful to the family members and the people that were involved. It's because as you alluded to before, people live in their story and they think they are their story. Right. You are not your story. You are not your thoughts. You are not your emotions. And the reason I know that is because You can recall your story. So who's recalling it? You can recall a thought. So who is that? You can have an emotion and recognize it. So who's that? That's who you actually are. And so when you can create separateness between those things, not telling the story anymore aloud, not telling it in your mind and not getting into relationship over it. Like, oh yeah, this happened to me when I was, oh yeah, that happened to me too, right? Getting into relationship over yucky stuff Not so good.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, the sharing of wounds and like, yeah, it's,
1: (laughs) yeah, it's, but we do it because we just want to connect. Yeah, And I ask you connect on a higher level. You connect in a place of who am I really the deepest essence of me, my soul, like, like, you know, really, who are you? Not the experiences you had. That's your story. Not the thoughts that you have because of those experiences, still part of your story, not the emotions, the poked part of the you know story, right? It's like who are you on a deeper level and get in there and like discover like how lovable and kind and all-knowing that you are. Yeah. That's the piece.
0: That's the piece that's amazing that we all have once we're willing to let down our barriers and our blocks and our pain to get to the core of who we are and I think a lot of people struggle with finding who they are and allowing that light to shine through and Mm. that's the part that I find to be the most challenging even you know I had a lot years of struggling just letting go of that letting go of that then to allow yourself to shine I think once people do and once people are addicted to the positive thinking then they then they fly then they're just like And then people are looking at them like, what did you do? And it's like years of (laughs) training and letting go. And so it's a process. But once you're willing to go on the process, it's a beautiful and magical and in a lot of ways feels miraculous. Like once you're able to break through into that place of standing in your power and shining your light and being positive and being in a state of love and being of service.
1: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think, you know, this life is really just a game, right? It's like, (laughs) when we can look at it, like, um, you know, we're literally like these beings, like walking around, projecting all of our stuff on everybody, you know, all of our hurts and whatever. Yeah. When you start to like step back from that, like it becomes so interesting, like it's so interesting to me when I meet new people, I just go like, what is there, you know, and they tell you, like people tell you, like, I don't know if it's just me, but. People just tell me all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And I just go, wow, I must be holding some really interesting space that people feel comfortable. They can tell me all their stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I just see people functioning in the world. Like I go out into the world, which not as much anymore. But when I go to the grocery store or whatever, I just I just am fascinated by people and what they're, you know, what they're exuding, you know, whether it's I don't even really even see it as positive or negative. It's all positive. It's all really just them projecting their hurts mostly Mm -hmm. right and when you can look at it from that stance it's like oh that person has you know such and such issue or whatever you know or they're challenged by you know or they have a difficult time communicating with people in a way that's meaningful or they you know and it's like and so for me it's just like wow all these beautiful beings out there just being individuals and just trying to work it out you know it's just it's it's awe-inspiring this this uh, experience here.
0: Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's definitely something. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a it's an experience for sure. So let's get into the infinite <laughs> love questions. Oh yeah. So how do you use love in your work? Well,
1: I mean. What I'm realizing now, so I'm, you know, while I am, you know, facilitating this joy for other people, I'm, you know, facilitating my own joy on a regular basis. Right. And that includes, you know, what I think are the, well, what I know are the three highest vibrational things, which is love is one love, gratitude, and um, joy are the top three. Um, And so I use the love For myself. So I, lately, my practice has really been like, working on a limiting belief about like, how lovable am I? Mm. And so when I get into that space, I go, oh, okay, actually, I am lovable. And when I am about to meet with a client, I just I get grounded in what I know is my truth, which is that I am a lovable being and I am here to serve. And so that's how I use it with my clients. And I try to, you know, I don't have my um, experience anymore is not, there's less black and white, right? So there's less like, it's not positive, negative or right, wrong, like judgment, non-judgment, like any of that stuff, like just doesn't mean anything anymore to me. And I think that's love is when you can just allow people to be themselves and, and be okay with, you know, them being however they show up.
0: Yeah. Holding that container. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How is your work used to serve humanity?
1: Well, you know, I've been doing this for three years. Um, And, you know, my goal, of course, is to touch as many lives as possible, not because I need the um, accolades, but because I truly believe that a lot of people don't realize that we are here for spiritual growth. And so, Um, my goal has really just been to let as many people know as possible that this is possible, you know, that it's possible to be enjoyed, it's possible to be in love. And, um, and you know, the more we can spread that idea, um, the less we have of some of the things that
0: are less, you know, pleasant. And what does it mean to you to be a positive force of goodness in the world?
1: I think, you know, it might sound a little cliche, but really, um, the most change I can enact is on myself. Like, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Um, that's where the greatest uh, amount of, um, because we're like the drop of water in the pond, that ripple effect. We don't even know. I mean, that's part of the thing that's kind of, um, challenging for a lot of people, I think, is that we don't have a lot of feedback that, you know, how we're being in this world matters to other people. We just don't have those conversations all the time. We can't know that when we, you know, look the grocery clerk in the eye and say, how are you today? And mean it, um, how much that meant to them, you know, maybe they're going through a hard time or whatever, we just don't know. And so I think it's important to recognize that when we work on ourselves and continue to evolve, that that ripples out to not just our immediate families and friends, but like further. I mean, yeah. that's energy. Totally.
0: Yeah. I totally believe that. Like, If you take the responsibility of working on yourself and healing your wounds, it, it totally affects your whole bloodline, your whole lineage, your family, your future your future descendants it just heals on mm-hmm. an entirely on multidimensional levels that many of us don't even understand but it's really important to take that ownership of who you are and making those internal shifts absolutely yeah mm. so what do you love most about your life
1: oh gosh what don't i love let's see <laughs> <laughs> um well that's a good I mean problem. I love that I get to have these kinds of conversations I mean it, it means so much to me I know I'm here to do this to tell people this information yeah um and uh so I absolutely love that I love you know I love um watching my uh well I will love watching my daughter like start to learn some of these um, what I think are essential ideas about life um, and just take that information and use it how she can at, you know, 13. And um, I love that. I love that, um, that I have, you know, a loving family and friends that I can um, just connect with. I mean, I just, I, can, I cannot think of a thing in my life at the moment that I don't absolutely love because I recognize even the things that haven't shown up how I wanted them to, that's me needing them to be a certain way versus just allowing the universe to provide how it will. Right. And, and so I know that, you know, even if I don't have the car that I want right now, I have a wonderful car. I would like this other car and I'm excited (laughs) when it comes and it does. I'm not any less joyful because it's not here yet. Do you know what I mean?
0: Right. You're totally surrendered to where you're at. Yeah.
1: I I call it the isness of being (laughs) the less, the less we butt up against what is the more we just allow things to unfold like the better the experience and what else could there be better than having the best experience?
0: Right. Right. Enjoying the moments that you have. Like I am also wanting a new car, but every time I get in my car, I'm super grateful that I have a car. Cause there was years that yeah. I didn't have a car. So the fact yeah. that I have a car, I'm like, Oh, I'm so glad I have a car. I want that car, but I'm happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And that's the thing. And it's funny because, um, I think, Will I feel any different when I do have that car? I wonder. I might feel a little bit happy for a little while. Right. But eventually it will just be a car. Yeah,
0: yeah you know. I for... mean, it'll
1: be a great car that gets me from A to B, right. which is the purpose. So, right. yeah.
0: I think for me, what makes me excited about when I want something material and I and I, for me, it's like manifesting it. It's the, and then once it's manifested, I'm like so excited that I manifested it. That I'm just like, oh, my God, I I wanted it and I made it happen. Like, so for me, it gives me that like celebration that I can create my life the way I want to create it. And so every little thing I get that I've wanted, you know, it could be something small. Like I wanted this ring for a long time. And when I finally got it, I was like, ooh, I got the ring. Like, you know, just like, (laughs) not not that I, you know, if I lose the ring, it's okay, but I can get a new one. Like this whole idea of like being in constant creation with the universe is what I get excited about. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) So (laughs) how do you feel you receive love?
1: Gosh, that's interesting. I feel like, um, so I've been doing these really intense meditations lately (laughs) that are like, you know, do you know, I'm sure you know who Dr. Joe Dispenza is.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I've been doing one of his meditations lately and it's about like dismantling a couple of uh, beliefs. Um, and man, uh, he ends it with like, you know, this whole powerful, like speech thing about like, I mean, the whole thing is it's like an hour, which to me was like, a really hit huge commitment. I've been meditating for like a half an hour for years, but I like now either you have to set my alarm early to do, you know, an hour meditation, which is kind of a commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, do I get so much out of it. And it's all, you know, first it's like, you know, relax, then it's like his whole thing, which is no body and no time, no thing, right? So you're just basically consciousness without the body and the environment, right? And then he goes into the whole belief thing. And then after the belief, the one that you want to get rid of and how you want to see it, then he does this whole like, you know, may you, you know, be one with your soul and the divine, you know live in you and move through you and move all around you and, you know and I was just like ah, just even did I just got goosebumps and he's like put your hand on your heart and just you know and it's like whoa like that is one way that I receive love it's like yeah. oh I'm healing myself through this process and what a beautiful thing um gosh what else I feel like I just sort of receive like I've just gotten so narrow in what my life looks like in terms of um really trying to only do things that bring me some sort of joy you know like maybe it's tennis maybe it's a walk in the park maybe it's you know and um and gosh I can't tell you my relationship with nature is like incredible I mean I just am in awe of this wondrous uh Earth that is creating all these beautiful things. <laughs> so I think I receive love. You know, I do like walking meditations and I listen to things that um, speak to my soul, which I think is very important that we connect with our soul on a very regular basis because that's what helps uh, reduce the resistance to, like, I want to be this way. The world feels like it's this way. How do I remain
0: steadfast
1: in my? what I know and be aligned in who I am on a regular basis.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice. And where has love created a miracle in your life?
1: Oh gosh. I think in my story, it created so many miracles, right? I mean, so many like wake ups, like, hello, (laughs) um, come to the party (laughs) You're you're off doing a bunch of other things that have little to no meaning. Um, I think, you know, that experience of, you know, reading the um, uh, Course in Miracles and having joy pop out of the page and just really like searching and finding people that speak to my soul, like help me, oh, sorry, help me to remember that um, I why i'm here and what's important on a regular basis like that's vitally important to me
0: yeah it keeps us going yeah great so how can people find you what's the best way to contact you do you work with groups do you do individuals
1: i think the best way to get me is probably instagram um it's Erin. E R I N M A C L L C. I post a ton of videos with a bunch of content, things to think about, um, you know, strategies, um, and my um, website's on there. I also am doing um, some classes coming up. So those are a group. And um, yeah, and um, you yeah, know, there's my website, of course, um, but you can get that through my Instagram.
0: Wonderful. And I'll put all that information in the the show notes as well. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Erin. This is such a powerful conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your story and how you overcame it. And now the work that you're doing with others, it's really beautiful to know you and to know the work that you're sharing in the world.
1: Oh, thank you. And thank you for having a platform to share these things. It's really important for us to talk about these things I think these are vitally important to um, enjoying our life, which I think is why we're here. Yeah. As opposed agreed. to other, most people's experience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Well, I'm sending you so much love. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, Please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com, sending you lots of infinite love.